to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste and the destination Dienmann, 1958. The island of Dienmann lies close off the coast of mainland China. It is one of the island outposts that remained under the control of the Republic of China after the Chinese Civil War, when communist advance pushed the government across the sea onto Taiwan. But while Jinmen remained outside communist control, its position as a bulwark so close to communist areas made it a flashpoint, a place where the Cold War got hot more than once. From August 23, 1958 into October that same year, Jinmen came under an intense period of fire from communist positions. This period of conflict is known in Taiwan today as the 823 Artillery Bombardment, and this year, Taiwan is marking 60 years since it erupted. To coincide with this anniversary, the Armed Forces Museum here in Taipei is putting on a special exhibit on the bombardment, set to run into early December. Here with us this week to introduce this exhibit is Museum Director Colonel Lin Tianru. With military precision, she'll be giving us facts and figures about the fighting, but also explaining why this conflict was so important for Taiwan's history. Our story begins far away from where you might expect, in the Middle East. In 1958, political instability in both Lebanon and Iraq occupied U.S. attention. Colonel Lin says that Chinese communist leader Mao Zedong sought to take advantage of this situation. At 6.30 p.m. local time on August 23, 1958, he unleashed a massive artillery attack on Jinmen from the mainland. The government in Taipei believed that Jinmen and other island outposts were crucial shields preventing a communist invasion of Taiwan itself. Its goal in this conflict was to hold on to Jinmen. The goals of the communist side were more varied, though. Colonel Lin says one goal was to distract attention away from domestic problems. But there were foreign policy goals, too. She says communists in Beijing hoped to use the bombardment to win a position of leadership for China in the Third World Movement. They also wanted to test the United States' commitment to its defensive treaty with the government in Taipei. Of course, if they could take Jinmen in the process, all the better, so far as they were concerned. The defenders of Jinmen were prepared. An invasion attempt some years before had been thwarted. But just before the shelling started in 1958, frequent movements observed by intelligence made it clear that the ambition to take Jinmen was still alive. Preparations for defense began in July and continued through August, with preparedness inspections by officials. Colonel Lin says that when the bombardment came, the military was ready for it. The army defended against incoming shells and also returned fire, helped on by the adoption of one 8-inch U.S. howitzer. Meanwhile, the Navy kept supplies moving, providing escorts, it also engaged in several fights with communist ships, inflicting heavy damage on two occasions and keeping the communists from gaining control of the seas near the island. The Air Force also saw its share of successful missions. As the fighting continued, the government also engaged in psychological warfare. 
。那在此外呢，战役期间，国军还以空投炮射。It broadcast messages through loudspeakers facing the mainland and sent leaflets via balloon, artillery launch, aircraft drop, and even floating containers. 在八二三战役期间呢，美国国务卿杜勒斯访台。Colonel Lin says that the Republic of China government had U.S. backing during the bombardment. As we've already said, one aim of the shelling was to probe U.S. commitment to Taiwan. Colonel Lin says that Dulles, the U.S. Secretary of State, made a trip to Taiwan, that the U.S. provided ammunition and hardware, and that the U.S. sent forces to protect Taiwan itself and the Penghu Islands in the Taiwan Strait. The 823 artillery bombardment lasted for weeks without letting up. The intensity of the shelling is difficult to imagine, but a few figures may help. Jinmen Territory's bombardment totaled 47,000. From August 23, 1958, to October 6, when the communist side announced a ceasefire, close to 475,000 shells landed on Jinmen. The defenders returned fire with around 75,000 shells. One especially intense period of shelling took place during a two-hour stretch on the first day of fighting. Colonel Lin says that during those two hours alone, the communists fired around 50,000 shells. This combat fight also caused my soldiers Here, Colonel Lin gives us some more figures about the fighting to help round out our picture of its scope. 456 defending soldiers and 138 local civilians were killed in the bombardment. Nearly 2,000 military personnel were wounded. Including the defense minister at the time, and the number of civilian wounded reached over 3,000. Thousands of buildings were destroyed, most of them civilian homes. So, the Communist Party announced a ceasefire on October 6th. After 44 days of shelling, the Communists announced a week-long ceasefire. The 823 artillery bombardment was now over. When the first week was up. The ceasefire was extended for a further two weeks. Shelling started up again from October 26th, but now it entered a strange new phase. If you wanted to know when the shells would fall, you only had to look at your calendar. On odd-numbered dates, the shelling would commence, but on even-numbered dates, it would stop. According to Colonel Lin, this was a sign that the communists had failed in their objectives. This continued until 1979. This state of affairs, firing on odd days and resting on even days, would continue for years, regular as clockwork. This pattern only stopped towards the beginning of 1979, more than 20 years after the 823 artillery bombardment. Here, Colonel Lin summarizes the achievements of the different military branches during the 44 days of the bombardment. With its return fire, she says. The army wrecked targets, including over 200 artillery positions, over 100 ammunition dumps, and several barracks buildings. We've already noted the navy's work, which included the sinking of a number of enemy ships, and the air force took part in 12 aerial battles during the course of the bombardment. She says the number of communist warplanes downed numbered over 300. 823
As she puts it, it was all of great import for the peace and security of the Taiwan Strait. Colonel Lin says the ongoing exhibit is designed to remind visitors to learn the lessons of the past and to stress a need for military preparedness in order to maintain peace. In addition to an overview of the conflicts, everything we've heard today, the exhibit also includes some objects that actually witness the fighting. Some of the items make the fighting real to visitors in a very dramatic way. The artifacts on display include a fragment from one of the shells fired on Jinmen, provided especially for this exhibit by a local collector. The items also include a military helmet destroyed by a hit from a shell. Altogether, these items serve to take members of the public back to a time when Jinmen was the center of a Cold War crisis. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another Journey Through Time. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International.